Well, hello and welcome. I am so grateful and excited to connect with you today. I'm Reverend Cassandra Ray, the spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're an inclusive learning center of practical spirituality based in White Rock, British Columbia, Canada. We practice and teach tools for transformation, authentic self-expression, and conscious living. So wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there is a place for you here. And I'm grateful that you're here with us today. As we begin our gathering, I respectfully acknowledge that I live and work on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish nations, including Kwikwetlam, Tisleil-Waututh, and Stalo nations, are where I am zooming in from today. And so as we begin here, I invite you now to join me as we anchor our time together. And so I invite you to close your eyes for a moment or turn your attention inward. Just taking a breath, relaxing your body and mind. Arriving fully here in this present moment, I recognize that there is an infinite presence of love and wisdom as the source of everyone and everything. And I recognize that this infinite wisdom and love, that it is the absolute truth of each one gathered here today. And so in this time together of connection, of spiritual nourishment, of heart opening, mind expanding time, I know that the spirit within each one guides us each perfectly to the right understanding of what is ready to be known now in each one of our individual and collective paths. And so I'm grateful to remember this truth and to be of service to this truth and to this community, knowing that we are each one guided in the exact right and perfect ways. I simply enter this time with an open heart and an open mind, allowing that flow of infinite love to nourish each and every one. I let it be. And so it is. Until we are all free, we are none of us free, said Emma Lazarus. Now, Emma Lazarus was a 19th century American author of poetry prose and translations, as well as a Jewish activist. She wrote the New Colossus, which is installed on the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty in New York's harbor. And she said, until we are all free, we are none of us free. She said this in response to the complacency of free American Jews 
who were not responding in her estimation strong enough to the oppression of Jews in other countries. And she said, we ignore and repudiate our unhappy brethren as having no part or share in their misfortunes until the cup of anguish is held also to our own lips. So way back in 1883, Emma Lazarus was encouraging us to look beyond our own circumstances and experiences. She was asking us to see our interconnectedness and our interdependence. Now, modern day culture it does a pretty good job at hiding our interconnectedness and our interdependence. Just for example, uh, you know, you can go to the grocery store and buy a loaf of bread. You can go on your own, purchase it on your own. You can even be the only person who eats this bread. And yet, how many people were involved in making that one loaf of bread? The farmer, the mill, the baker, factory, the truck driver, the grocery personnel. And this is only like a partial understanding. We, you and I don't even understand fully what happens in order for that one loaf of bread to be available on the shelf for you to buy in the grocery store. And we're you know, we have this experience that we're living and surviving on our own or even, you know, just in our family, but we aren't. We're inextricably bound to one another. And, and not only that, we actually rely and depend on one another to a much more vulnerable degree than I'm even comfortable <laughs> considering. Um, because it is vulnerable to depend on others, isn't it? And yet, we are inextricably bound to one another, and we have a profound impact on one another. In fact, we literally come from the bodies of moms. Like we literally come from the body. We didn't have to be created this way, right? But we are. And in terms of having like a healthy psyche, we must have a safe, secure connection with a caregiver or caregivers because it's impossible to truly know oneself without knowing others. This inextricable connection does not end just because you grow up. In fact, there's even been research that talks about how uh, healthy adults need healthy connection with other people in order to thrive. Another great woman said, the truth is, no one of us can be free until everybody is free. 
Maya Angelou was an American poet, writer, and civil rights activist. Sounds a lot like Emma Lazarus, doesn't it? And as a young girl, Maya suffered a life of torment and darkness that nearly stole her voice forever. Makes me sick to my stomach to even think about it. But at the age of eight, she was forced to endure intense physical and emotional abuse by a family member. And as a result, she became mute for nearly five years. She didn't speak. But with the help of a family friend, Angelou found her voice again, and she was introduced to authors and writers and philosophers that influenced her and propelled her to become a powerful voice of her own. All because one person raised her up. This is this is one of the ways that we have a dramatic impact on each other. And in an interview in 2013, Angelou was asked by the interviewer, can you imagine what our country would be like without the undergirded hate and racism, prejudices, sexism, and ageism? And here's what Maya Angelou said. I am brought to weep when I think what my country can be and will be when we develop enough courage to act courageously and with courtesy and respect for each other. Just imagine, we wouldn't have to say we are the most powerful country in the world. We will be the most powerful country in the world, not because we have might, but because we have right. Not because we have might, but because we have right. I love this so much because it points to the source of our power. Our power to make change doesn't come from our size or our force. It comes from aligning and allowing the spiritual truth to come to life through our right thinking and our right action. Not because we have might, but because we have right. The study course in the science of mind from 1953 defines the activity of right ideas as correct ideas which have the power not only to destroy that which appears to oppose them, but to establish themselves in our experience as concrete facts. Yeah, this is what we need. We need the activity of right ideas to destroy or dismantle the isms in the world and to establish themselves in our lived experience. And not just our individual experience, but in our collective experience in all communities, in all countries. Because None are free until all are free. And you and I, we're being called to dream, imagine, discover, pray, and contemplate what freedom, what freedom for all looks and feels like. And let us not be afraid to address the very real circumstances and conditions that are bringing this to light right now. 
So our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes said in Living the Science of Mind, let's talk about the need for meeting situations as they come along without fear and without in any way trying to avoid them. For every issue of life must be met right where it is and what is wrong must be made right. Right thinking, right action and the activity of right ideas. Mm -hmm. So as we continue to explore this, I want to also, um, let's not fall into this pit trap of, of the dichotomy of right versus wrong. Uh, you know, right thinking and right action does not mean that you are right and your cousin is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it does not mean that you must win every online argument you have or that you must go about convincing everyone that they need to agree with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I wish that were the case, but um, that's not the kind of right thinking and right action that I'm talking about today. Right thinking and right action are the revelation of universal spiritual truth. And they come from the pattern of perfection that already exists in back of the problem itself. So Dr. Holmes said, the answer to every problem is in the problem itself. Why? Well, he explains, the kingdom of God already exists. Oh, sorry. Let me start over. The kingdom of God contains everything that is or could be desirable. This everything already exists as a potential something to be drawn upon. And here, the kingdom of God means the consciousness of God, the universal mind of infinite intelligence. And he continues, and actually, there is no such thing as your mind and my mind, his mind, her mind, and God's mind. There is just mind with a capital M in which we live, move, and have our being. So you and I, we are surrounded by infinite intelligence. We're immersed in limitless wisdom which becomes divine guidance, becomes the activity of right ideas when we let it in. And I don't know about you, but I could really use some divine guidance right now so that I can be an avenue for right thinking and right action. And speaking of which, I wanna pause here for a moment to let you know that right thinking doesn't mean easy thinking. And right action doesn't mean action without conflict. <sighs> Such a bummer. <laughs> because I want it to be easy. And I especially want it to be without conflict. I don't like conflict. Do you like conflict? I mean, during this coming week, I'd like for each one of us including myself, to do some reflection about conflict. 
and here are your questions. I'm just going to copy and paste them into the Zoom chat for those of you who are here with us right now, live on Zoom. This first question is, what is your relationship with conflict? And if you don't like conflict, why? If you do like conflict, why? And, and the last, the third question is, how does your relationship with conflict impact your ability to actively engage in creating a world where all are free? How does your relationship with conflict impact your ability to actively engage in creating a world where all are free? Because I am here to tell you that your relationship with conflict directly impacts your ability of right thinking and right action. When you shine the light of awareness on your relationship with conflict, then you are clearing the way for the divine pattern of freedom for everyone that already exists to express itself through you as you. So I want to just um, really make sure that I'm explaining this part clearly. There are people in the world, specifically Black, Indigenous, people of color in the world, who are telling us right now that their experience is not of freedom, that there is oppression, marginalization, racism, and that each one of us are called to, to address that problem that we are facing collectively in the world. This is not just like a U.S. thing, right? It's happening here in Canada. And it's happening around the world where also how many countries are standing up and recognizing this is like, yes, this is an issue. We need to address it, right? It is happening around the world. And, and so there's, there's this huge spotlight on here's this problem and, and the, the, the thing that I want you to really walk away with today is to recognize that the solution to that problem on a collective level, that solution exists. It already exists. It's already alive and well. It is already a right idea in the infinite consciousness that is God. So it is here and, and it is simply our our privilege, our right, our responsibility to make ourselves available for that solution. And we begin to do that by, by recognizing that, that there is a problem, by meeting that problem where it is. Because none are free until all are free. But thankfully, this blueprint of freedom for everyone, it is alive and well. In fact, it is more active, more available right now than it has been. And it is calling to you. Dr. Ernest Holmes said, divine guidance is yours for the asking. The answer to any problem which can ever confront you already exists at the center of your being. It is not enough merely to know that divine guidance exists. 
you must use it. And you use it by consciously recognizing its source within you and by deliberately calling upon it, expecting it to answer. So beginning right where you're at, is there a challenge that you're facing in your life? The blueprint for that solution exists right now. And so we can practice even within our own personal experience, calling upon that blueprint and opening up to receive the guidance from within. Remember, it's not his mind, your mind, their mind, her mind. It's one mind. The mind that created the cosmos is available to you. So right thinking and right action are yours. And you can open up and align yourself with divine guidance by fully expecting it to guide you clearly right now. And I believe that that opening to that divine guidance inside of you, that it begins with compassion. Compassion for yourself and where you're at. Compassion for what you're struggling with. Just breathe in some love and compassion for yourself right now. And expand that outward to the experiences that we hear from others, from Black, Indigenous people of color that are telling us about their experience right now. Allow yourself to feel the compassion for what is happening in the world, for the state of the world right now. Allow yourself to be moved by that. Why? Because when you allow yourself to be moved by the pain of what's happening, you are opening up to receive that divine blueprint of healing that's right behind it. It's right there. And in fact, the pain of injustice is calling forward that spiritual truth of peace with justice, calling it forward. And it's calling it forward through each one of us. So let us answer the call from right where we're at, from right where we're going through. And as you strengthen this muscle of divine guidance from right within you through your own personal path, you will also be guided to right thinking and right action for the collective solutions that are being called forward. Because who's gonna make progress? Who's gonna change the world? You and me in little everyday baby steps, because that is what makes the collective. Individuals make the collective. So you and I have the power to make a change. Remember that one person, that one person who believed in Maya Angelou and helped her heal, that was one person's support love, and compassion for another human being. And how did that amplify 
the world. Maya Angelou has touched millions of people through her writing. You never know how your presence, your love, your compassion, your right thinking, and your action will change the world. And so I thank you. I thank you for your willingness to do your homework this week <laughs> and to delve into what is your relationship with conflict. Because my dears, we will have to walk through tension if we are going to arrive at this realization of our spiritual truth because we are human. And we're beautifully human. And we're beautifully divine. So together, hand in hand, individually and collectively, let us tap into that blueprint of freedom for everyone and realize it today. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.